Hello, and welcome to Objective Health. I am your host today, Erica, and joining me in the virtual studio is Doug, Elliot, Tiffany, and behind the scenes is Damien. So welcome hey. all. Hello. 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 So today we're going to talk about Africa and the push to get all those Africans fully vaccinated with COVID-19. As if, uh, you know, we don't live in a strange world already, we are seeing now this uh, media push, getting information out there about how people in Africa need to have this access to this life-saving intervention. And a really good article that kind of breaks down the reality of what's happening in Africa is called The Disease of Modern Medicine by Alex Berenson, and it's on Substack February 1st. And basically, the information in the article is really revealing because it talks about how there's actually pretty low death rates in Africa of COVID-19. And um, antibody testing across the continent shows very high rates of COVID infection and recovery uh, translated to natural immunity. So in like a country of Malai with a population of 20 million, they had fewer than 2,600 COVID deaths. But NPR, National Propaganda Radio, <laughs> wants you to think that uh, Africa may have reach the pandemic's holy grail with up to 80% of people in Malai, uh, Malai having had COVID antibodies by uh, last summer. So why the push, right? We were just talking before the show. If you've already got naturally acquired immunity, why would you make such a big push to get these vaccines to Africa? And I think to kind of touch on that, give some backstory about how organizations, philanthropic organizations like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and the Rockefeller Foundation have been trying to get into Africa with things like GMOs, right? Like, uh, we're going to save this country, we're going to feed these people, you know, they're living in the dark ages, and they don't know how to run their country. So we're going to go in there and we're going to teach them about how to do that. And that's why I think the disease of modern medicine is actually a really good title because it really brings to light the fact that Africa is an untouched resource, right? Not just of humans, but of minerals and uh, a, an untapped area where they can basically experiment and not of a lot of it gets reported. And uh, what do you guys think? You think uh, that could be a possibility? I mean, just looking at the stats in this article, um, you know, it says the entire African continent with 1.3 billion people has had 240,000 COVID deaths since the epidemic began, fewer deaths than from traffic accidents alone. So it's not the killer like, say, cholera is in Africa, yeah. which could be remedied by clean water. I mean, there's things that could be done by these philanthropic organizations to actually help this country. And that's not being done, period. You know, so there's yeah. that. Well, the article says also half of African countries have COVID death rates lower than one in 10,000 people, less than 120th of the, of the American rate. So it's really, it's very telling 
and the the narrative since the very beginning the article mentions uh neil ferguson that wonderful person from the imperial college of uh imperial college of london um he has a crystal ball too he does his predictions are so accurate so accurate so he said that COVID would hit poorer countries much harder than rich ones because their healthcare systems would likely be overwhelmed. Uh, he predicted that poor countries might face up to 40 million deaths by the end of 2020. Um, and then it says this prediction has proven as accurate as all others from Ferguson and Imperial College. The entire African continent. Oh, you said this one already, Erica. With uh, 1.3 billion people has had 240,000 uh, deaths. So not 40 million needless to say so yeah i mean it's kind of uh it's i mean it's not really that surprising it's kind of like this if if you look at it from the perspective of money which is always advantageous to do if you really want to figure out what's going on um these pharmaceutical companies uh they need arms to stick these vaccines in to get money right Mm -hmm. and here they have an entire continent of people just waiting, uh, waiting for their arms to be filled with their vaccines. So, yeah, why would they not drop the narrative? I mean, it's obvious. It's, it, it doesn't matter whether they need the vaccines or not. It doesn't matter if the vaccines are actually tanking people's immune systems, as we talked about in the last show, uh, because it's the, the money, it's, it's like, you know, the Wild West, the gold. There's gold and then there are hills, you know? Mm-hmm. So... It's unsurprising, completely unsurprising. And I don't think that they're going to change their tack and say, uh, oh, you know what? It turns out Africa doesn't really need it, so we're not going to bother. It's like, are you kidding? There's no way. They're going to, they are going to keep on pushing that this as hard as they possibly can. They yeah. painted is in a, a, a light of, you know, discrimination, racism, you know, all of a sudden we care about African people and they need to have their, their medical interventions, just like Americans, you know what I mean? Then it yeah. becomes identity politics, which is very easily manipulated, manipulated by one narrative, which is they're not getting the same level of care, but well, it's yeah. obvious that their hospital situation in that same article, Doug was just talking about, they said, you know, it's becoming obvious that the hospitals are places where people are contracting this illness. So maybe staying out of the hospital is the best thing you can do in Africa. Not to mention the fact that the country does ivermectin for parasitic infections and viruses. And so maybe they already have a stronger immune system because they're not like the West where they're just soft and, you know, um, overly medicated, you know, I don't know. I mean, it just seems like there's something very interesting transpiring there, and they seem to have missed the high death rates that, say, the U.S. has, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think the point that Africa has a lot more to deal with on their plate than COVID, I mean, it's it's just so true. It's just so true. I mean, the rates of disease from things like malnutrition, poor water treatment, um, just even the basic, like what we consider bare necessities in the Western world in terms of infrastructure. I mean, Mm -hmm. 
they are so far behind on so many levels and there's various reasons for that, no doubt. But to say that, you know, to, to assume that COVID is, is like one of their biggest priorities, the, the numbers very much speak for themselves. Uh, COVID is is very much a, a non-thing in Africa, right? It's, it's not a big deal whatsoever. Um, and yet you've got these massive so-called philanthropic organizations, such as the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, who are kind of frothing at the mouths and um, and on their their campaigns to essentially convince everyone that um, that actually one of the biggest priorities uh, that everyone needs to focus on is getting vaccines to the Africans. And the interesting thing as well is that you've even got some commentators who will go so far as to say that it's racist. It's a sign of uh, you know systemic racism or institutionalized racism that the Africans do not have um, the access that other uh, Western nations have to vaccines. And I mean, it's just so kind they of tiring. racism. Yeah. Well, I, I, <laughs> it's actually maybe one of the beneficial effects of racism, if it is indeed <laughs> yeah. racism, like that if they're you're denied life-saving treatments yeah from the west like if you're denied the uh because i mean one of the 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 lefty kind of talking points on this is that um because uh you know the west has all gone into booster mode where they keep on giving all these boosters out those are vaccines that could be going to africans right so that's Mm -hmm. you know it's it's racist to you know you have three vaccines and in africa they don't even have one so how dare you how racist of you and it's kind of like, you know, they're so much better off. Yeah. Right. It's interesting. Well, one too. of the articles. Oh, go on. Doug, no, I was just going to say a quote because it kind of dealt with that. So there's a quote from the Ghanaian historian of medicine, Samuel Adu Giamfi. I'm sorry, I probably butchered that name. But um, he wrote in December, it should be up to African countries to determine their own public health goals. And COVID-19 is far from being the most serious public health concern in Africa today. Mm-hmm. Understatement of the century. Mm-hmm. And there are some oh. people, uh, health advocates in Africa, who are complaining that the COVID uh, hysteria has become so big and the shift to COVID, the focus on COVID, is taken away from uh, things like malnutrition and malaria and other. Uh, diseases that African people have had to deal with for whoever, who knows how long, but um, all these diseases are not getting the attention that they should be getting because of all the focus that's on COVID and whether or not they have, uh, you know, enough vaccines or not for COVID. Yeah. We read an article in African Arguments called Medical Colonialism Pandemic Impact packs and vaccine delivery. And just like what you were saying, both Doug and Tiffany, they were talking about just that. And there was an even an article in the Financial Times um, from the African Vaccine Delivery Alliance noting that countries such as Uganda and Mozambique are suffering rising rates of poverty and inequality with the last 20 years of development gains wiped out by the virus. The noted philosopher, that's what you just read, uh, Doug, the second order damages caused by the coronavirus. So this country is 
already struggling and the lockdowns and the control and everything is just making those situations worse, but, oh, they may get a COVID-19 vaccine as a result. I mean, it just sounds like a downward spiral, you know? Well, and on a more disturbing note, there was actually an article on uh, DW.com called Rwanda Forcibly Vaccinating People Against COVID, Victims Say. So it goes into some absolute horror stories of how the governments there are basically like, in some situations, going. it seems like they're going door to door, like holding people down and forcing them to be vaccinated, mm -hmm. um, despite people refusing. Um, it's kind of like refusing isn't really an option. Now, mind you, all the stories they say are completely, you know, unverified and officials are all saying, no, that's not in fact happening. But I think you can see where, where this, uh, this can go, you know, I mean, you wouldn't see this happening in a Western company in a country, at least not yet. Um, but it, you know, in Africa, Rwanda, um, this might might in fact be happening, which is incredibly disturbing. Um, people can check out that article because there are a number of stories in there that will um, chill your bones, to say the least. What I found interesting about that article, too, is they kept using the words, we are still in the process of sensitizing them. Yeah. So basically they go in and I, I couldn't quite get the definition no. of what they mean by sensitizing them either. but basically if we just harass the shit out of them and make them you know drive them from their homes people are fleeing to like the, the democratic republic of congo to not be injected you know what i mean how is this sensitizing i mean basically it sounds like they're just using mind programming to try and get these people to go along with the narrative I think it could be a means of getting other people to fall in line. Because if you hear all these stories about your neighbors being dragged out of their houses and forced mm. to be vaccinated, you probably don't want that to happen to you. So you'd be a little bit more likely to voluntarily take the jab, perhaps. Yeah. Maybe yeah. that's what they mean. Yeah. But you've heard these kind of stories coming out of India also, people being mm -hmm. dragged out of their homes and forcibly vaccinated. You can't really verify it and nobody will really own up to it, but it's still disturbing just the same. And it was even happening in Australia amongst the Aborigines. You know, mm -hmm. I've seen quite a few videos of Aborigine people coming out saying they're doing exactly that, that they're rounding them up. And, you know, if you want to get the dole, which is basically your food stamps or whatever, that you have to go along with that. And that is a forced choice. I mean, if you're in a isolated area and the government is responsible for making sure you have food and water, all they have to say is, well, you don't get your rations unless you get vaccinated. I mean, that's intimidation and coercion. Mm -hmm. So I do think it's happening in Western countries, Doug, just uh, not no news coverage is happening of it, you know? I mean, and yeah. that in and of itself is completely discriminatory and racist, but you know, we, we will, I want to talk about that. <laughs> well, I find it very interesting as well that uh, South Africa was like basically the birthplace of Omicron mm. and their cases are dropping like crazy. 
uh, January 20th on Med uh, Medical Express, they had an article that said COVID cases drop significantly, significantly in Africa. Or no, wait, that's the wrong. Sorry, it's an article on RT called South Africa's hospitaliza hospitalization rate plunges amid Omicron wave. And that was from December 17th. So already in December 17th, they were already talking about how hospitalizations were going way down. Um, so I just, I, I find it very interesting, you know, first of all, that Omicron came out of South Africa and out, South Africa is the most vaccinated uh, country in all of Africa. Um, even though their vaccination rate is not particularly high when you compare it to other uh, Western countries. But um, so, you know, even these countries in Africa that are supposed to be, you know, like hell zones, COVID, like a hotbed of COVID mess, it's not the case. So right. it just drives home the point even more that Africa doesn't need your stinking vaccines. Yeah, I mean, it was for that reason that the, um, what is he, the minister, the health minister, one, one of their health ministers, uh, you know, essentially wrote a letter um, explaining why the whole contact tracing and self-isolation stuff was 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 also was basically completely unwarranted. Um, that Omicron was first identified in South Africa, but ultimately the 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 panic about it was unwarranted. It turned out to be basically a nothing burger. It was way weaker than any uh, original forms of COVID or previous um, variants. Um, and 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 so it seems as though I mean this is often the case, but what what is actually happening or coming out of the country? So the people who live in the country and even even the the kind of decision makers in that country, what they say and then what we hear in the Western media is often quite different, right? Mm -hmm. And you see how <laughs> even at the start of this whole Omicron panic, uh, the 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 health officials in South Africa were saying that this is nothing like, you know, don't, you know, don't, um, don't over exaggerate this problem. Really. It's, it's not that much of a problem. And, uh, and then yeah, you had Western media outlets and health officials and whatnot going into an absolute panic and crazy mode about Omicron. It's yeah. turned out to be completely weak. You know, it's, 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 it's very much weaker. So um Yeah. Yeah, that was well, even going as far as like what stopping all flights from South Africa too. like so another way to just create more mass hysteria. And had they just not done that, you know, the U.S. might be going through the same thing as Africa's. Everyone's getting it. OK, everyone has natural immunity. I mean, why are we going to continue to give vaccines to people that already have uh, natural immunity? That was the guy you were talking about, Elliot, was Health Minister Joe Fala, who's yep. uh, basically South, South Africa's ministerial advisory committee. Um, and yeah, what they basically are saying, they're, they are saying we should drop all uh, quarantining, um, contact tracing, basically everything. They're just dropping it all because what they're saying is that there is there's no point in keeping it up. Um, it's completely disorganized anyway, and they aren't actually finding all the cases. So it's it's just useless. So there's there's absolutely no reason to to keep this going on, which kind of mirrors what's I'm, going on in other countries. But sorry, go on. 
Indeed, no, no. And in that letter, I mean, there's there's actually a um, a downloadable kind of set of images, which which are a scan of of the letter, and in it, it makes very good points, which are all basically up to date with the most recent science. That it's talking about how um, uh, social distancing and whatnot is is pretty much ineffective. Um, they talk about how uh, COVID transmission dynamics, the, the original kind of understanding of it, that's completely outdated now. Um, it talks about kind of like the, the difference between droplet spread and um, transmissibility and all of this kind of stuff. And, and, and generally, it, it just lays out very uh, cogent points um, as to why a lot of these measures are basically ineffective and and no longer of any use in fact i mean we've been saying that they were really never of any use um but to see it coming from from kind of health officials it, it yeah it was it was positive to say the least yeah um not that anyone in the west took any note because everyone's still uh, many people's <laughs> indeed um <laughs> Well, uh, I think we're losing you, Erica. What did you say? Oh, what else do we want to uh, say about this? I mean, for our listeners who might want to delve a little bit more into this, um, we did have some article links uh, that are pretty old about Bill Gates and the recolonization of Africa, and you can... Uh, read through these and you just replace GMO farming with, uh, you know, medical intervention and it's the exact same application happening, you know, getting people hooked on, in this case, uh, you know, medical interventions, but in the case of food in uh, the new green revolution that they tried and, and actually failed at implementing in Africa, getting poor farmers um, hooked on genetic modified seeds that have terminator technology so they can't be self-sustaining in any, any sort of way. And then how um, organizations came out and found like actually doing traditional African farming would produce a lot more food and a lot more security, you know, but that doesn't get a lot of money for philanthropic organizations and it makes them less emboldened and indebted to American, well, now maybe world corporations. So it's a good just kind of read because it just really shows you how the face of it is like, we're going to save these poor people because they're, you know, outdated approaches to taking care of themselves don't work when in actuality they do. And they are not, um, you know, dependent on, the manipulators and controllers of uh, their life and their health and their wealth and distribution. So another one, if uh, people are interested, is called Monsanto and Gates Foundation push genetically engineered crops on Africa. And that was back in 2011. And it just shows all the money that is funneled into this country to create more food and all the studies show that that's not the case. And if anything, it's just causing further environmental degradation and poverty. And maybe that's the intention, right? 
So. Well, I mean, when whether that's the intention or not, I mean, we've done a couple of shows on Bill Gates and uh, James Corbett had done a, a very comprehensive series on Bill Gates, looking at his history, looking at his kind of underlying ideology that the, the ideology that drives him and his and his kind of view of the world and there does seem to be a lot of evidence that him or his associates potentially is his family um were were, were known eugenicists right that they looked at their view of the world was kind of colored by this underlying uh, or the under the principles of eugenics and um, and they, I I I personally believe that they believe um, that the best thing to do at this time, the way that they serve humanity or whatever, is to um, is to depopulate the earth, right? I think there's a lot of evidence to to support that anyway. And if you look at historically the Gates Foundation or the Rockefeller and and these other major global philanthropic organizations they have they've been involved particularly the gates foundation has had their hand in africa's back pocket for you know a very long time like you were like you've um explained um erica with regards to agriculture but also um drugs in general i mean vaccines in general yeah. the polio vaccines i mean they've been working they've been uh pummeling Africa with polio vaccines for several years and actually like uh, very likely causing the spread of polio. I mean, there's a lot of evidence to suggest that the polio vaccines are actually responsible for um, polio outbreaks in various countries in Africa to this day. Um, There's also cases of mass sterilization. So um, in Kenya, for instance, there was um analysis of um the te- tetanus vaccines they found that there were basically uh, chemicals in there which were known to um cause infertility these were given out on mass um there's been numerous other kind of scandals i don't want to say scandals because they've they've not nothing's really come of them you know these 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 agents have not been taken to court over this but there's been uh, several events in the past where they've been caught essentially red-handed uh, trying to sterilize massive amounts of the population of Africa, uh, Africa through these um, through these drugs, through these vaccines. And one could make an argument through the agriculture as well, you know, getting a country hooked on GMO crops. I mean, it has a, a long-term net negative effect for the food production and the health of that country. And so you have to ask the question, you know, is it is it merely being driven by profit? I mean, you've got someone like Bill Gates and, uh, you know, similar individuals of his similar ilk, let's say, um, when they've basically got all the money in the world, they can afford anything that they could possibly ever want. They could live multiple lifetimes and continue to spend, you know, as much of it, as much money as they possibly could. I mean, for some of these people, it's impossible to spend that much money in a lifetime or one would think so anyway. Um, so you have to really kind of ask the question, what is it, what is it that drives these kind of individuals? You know, what what is it that motivates them? And again, if, if we consider that a bunch that many of them at least uh, subscribe to the notion that the, the earth is overpopulated and that it's their duty to kind of contribute towards a, a depopulation of the earth. Um, and they are eugenicists. Then uh, I think a lot of these things tend to make a lot more sense. 
Mm. Um, you know, the sterilization, the toxicity, the blah, 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 blah. Um, if you if you put it in that kind of context or look at it through that view, then their actions or the outcome of their actions in these endeavors, uh, they're very consistent with the aim, I would right. think. Yeah. Well, apparently the in 2019, the WHO had to come out and basically admit that they started a polio epidemic that the Gates Foundation in the Sudan and with uh, 400 recorded cases of uh, vaccine derived polio in more than 20 countries worldwide. And the WHO disclosed this setback barely a week after it declared the, the African continent to be free of wild polio virus. So yeah. they can come out and say, well, the wild polio virus but we have uh, inadvertently caused a vaccine-induced polio. Just a little setback. Uh, I mean, that's, that's what they'll the say who. when the COVID vaccine, uh, when more Africans get the COVID vaccine, they can say, well, wild, wild type wild COVID. COVID's gone. <laughs> it's gone. I'm gone. Only vaccine-induced COVID now. Ah. <laughs> uh. I guess, you know, they got to they got to tell you. And it's those little tidbits of information that are important that aren't carried, that aren't covered. You know, I mean, when you don't hear anything about Bill Gates, you know, some deep doo doos coming out about. Him. <laughs> <laughs> well, they just rejected his plan to dim the sun. Did you see that? Oh, yeah. He's going to have to comb the Simpsons archives who, who for rejected Mr. Burns it, evil plans. Uh, I don't remember. No, the I just saw a real estate company. <laughs> <laughs> they said it was too risky. Imagine that. Too risky. Oh my God. Well, I mean, if the COVID vaccine and all his money that he's put into that is any testament of what the future holds, <laughs> Maybe they realize they should uh, pause on the dimming of the sun. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, is there anything else we should cover? Any more articles? We, it looks like we got through a lot of them that we had hoped to cover. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, forever changing, right? What do you guys think? Anything else you want to? bring up or i think we've covered covered it you know well i i really hope that you know it sounds like especially that um document that uh elliot was reading from like a lot of these countries are really um, paying close attention and they're like no 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 thank you we'll we'll continue doing what we do you know (laughs) We we don't need your interventions. Um, we'll see how it how it unfolds here in the coming weeks, months, hopefully not years. Let's hope 2020 is the end of the COVID <laughs> narrative and we can get on to other interesting topics that have nothing to do with COVID or the vaccine. <laughs> Keep your fingers crossed, Erica. <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 really working on remaining optimistic here uh, i woke up on 2022 new year's day thinking oh my gosh is it 2020 again like it felt like i just got 
Groundhog back here. Groundhog yeah, yeah. Out. Like all of a sudden the masks are on again. And, you know, oh, I, I thought we had narrowly averted that. But anyway, so uh, thank you, co-hosts. And um, we hope to come next week with another interesting topic. So uh, please like and subscribe, share and comment. Have a wonderful day. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.